want the money. I want the title. And I can get it because I'm already doing the work. You've thought it. Now it's time to actually believe it. You're listening to Her Next Career Move, the safe space where you'll learn how to stop your mind from career blocking you so you can claim the wealth and work you deserve. I'm Dr. Jasmine Escalera, a career-minded Latina turned Forbes featured coach, and I'm ready to have some candid conversations about how you can build the confidence to step into the career you know you deserve. All right, now let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another amazing episode. And I have to tell you that this one is particularly special because one of the words that everyone always drops in either a consult call or coaching call is confidence. And it's usually around the lack of confidence, extreme self-doubt, imposter syndrome that so many women of color feel and have in their careers. And I brought on an amazing expert who is going to talk to us about how you can build your confidence in your career, which will only help in every other area of your life. And she's going to give you all the deets the DL, everything she's got. And I have to tell you that this amazing and spectacular coach came and did a confidence seminar for one of my group coaching programs, and they couldn't stop talking about the amazing mindful and strategic tips she gave to build your confidence at work. So here we go with none other than Catherine, Catherine, oh my God. <laughs> I know you go by cat. I know you just had a baby. Oh my God, I have so many things to ask you. <laughs> oh my God. So Thank you things. for that introduction. That was so sweet. Oh, you're absolutely amazing. And you know what I love about you? What caught my eye with you, even before like we started chatting on Instagram and I had you come on for the workshop. When you show up on Instagram, it is so authentic. It is just you and you just glow. So I love your presence on the platform. I love that. Thank you. That's the same way that I feel about you. I feel like whenever I go on your stories, there's some light within you that shines and is so contagious. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad that we can inspire one another on the platform and that we became Instagram friends and now collaborate. So this is absolutely wonderful. And you had a baby a few months ago, right? I did. Yes, my oh. first baby. Tell me, what is motherhood like? What What are the things that you're like, oh my God, nobody told me this, but I wish I had known. Nobody told me that motherhood, which is going to make me question my identity so much. Wow. You've got to throw some details on that. What do you mean by question your identity? Well, I feel like during birth, the birth of my baby, it was also a home birth. So it was very raw. There was no doctors. It was just my midwife, my doula, my husband, and my dog. And I was just shedding all of the layers, everything that I thought, this is who Catherine is. All of that was coming apart. And I came to this point during the birth that it was like at my core, at my rawest, most vulnerable moment. And then slowly start building up who is this new version of Kat? Who am I now? And it was no longer the Kat 
before when I was in high school, no longer the cat in college, no longer the cat in my career, or even the cat during my pregnancy. It was this whole new version of me that I had to get to know. Wow, that's really beautiful. I've never heard anyone express that. And I'm sure a lot of moms who are listening are probably like, yeah, I got that. That that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense because at different stages in our lives, as we are transitioning, as we're going through things, motherhood is something that is so is such a blessing and is so extreme. You know, you're now living for another person um, and to protect another person and to provide to another person. It's such a deeper level of love and commitment. I can imagine that your identity would shift and change, but I guess I never put the pieces of the puzzle together in that way. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Especially because we have to keep them alive. Babies seriously always put themselves in danger. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. So with this new identity, I'm curious, what are maybe two words you would use to describe the new you as a mom? Oof, powerful. A powerful is the first word and even more aligned. Wow, that's so beautiful. I love that you use the word powerful because when I think of moms, I think of extreme power and power in terms of like strength and protection, you know, that energy that you give off. And I love also that you were saying more aligned. I can imagine that this puts a lot of things in your life into perspective. So many things into perspective. And honestly, whether you're a mom or not, I feel like alignment is so important because you start understanding where your energy and time is going. And those are things that it's really hard. You can never get time back. You know, when you could always get back, but time you never get back. And that's why I'm so intentional now with where my time and energy is going to, because I'm so much more aligned to who I am. I love that word alignment. And when I talk to my clients, I use that word a lot because we always have to be in situations, doing things, in environments when it comes to our careers that are aligned with the version of who we are today. And that version, as you just specified, becoming a mom, that version can change. So your values, who you are, your identity shifts and change as life changes. And I love that there's that that moment of self-reflection that we all need to do and really putting that as one of the most powerful things for us to do, to reflect on who we are, how we've changed, and also what our needs are. Amen. I love that. Awesome. So let's talk about your business. And thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story about becoming a mom. I love it. Let's talk about your other babies. So let's talk about your business. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, and was there something uh, that made you start it? Yeah. Okay. So I have so many babies. So, but today, for today's purpose, I want to talk about my Empower with Cat baby. And that's a confidence coaching business that I started where I help women really start trusting their intuition more. So they stop feeling pressured to listen to the opinions of others because everyone and their mother has an opinion about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And so they could start to go after what they actually want in life, knowing that they also have the power to get it. I love that. So I'm curious because you work with specifically first-gen and women of color, correct? Mm-hmm. So I do have to say that when it comes to following your intuition and following your path, I would imagine it's harder 
for first gen and women of color because we do have that family pressure of success and we also have even cultural pressures as well. So when you think about following your intuition more and working with the specific women that you work with, the specific population you work with, do you find that it's a bit more challenging for us to follow our intuition? Oh, it's so much more challenging because we grow up in such tight family knit communities where we get everyone's opinion growing up. We hear not just our parents' opinions, but that aunt, that uncle, we put all of that into our head and that becomes part of our subconscious. So we're constantly thinking about, oh, but what would she say? What would he say? And then on top of that, we put pressure on ourselves to take care of our families. A lot of first gen, a lot of BIPOC women, it's not just about the individual. It's about the entire community, our family. And they always consider other people. And because of that, it's so hard to do what's truly aligned to ourselves because we're constantly considering all of these things. Absolutely. I've heard some of my clients who are first gen and um, women of color talk a little bit about even choosing a career path or being in a career path that we use the we're using the word alignment now that isn't aligned with them because of family pressure because of exactly what you just described so when you work with women and their careers do you find that there are more women who are selecting career paths or selecting career journeys based off of family or culture or community a hundred percent A hundred percent. And it's also because, you know, alignment isn't something that they teach us in school. So a lot of people don't even discover this until they're ready in their careers and until something feels off. And that's when they start to think internally, wait, what's wrong? Like, why am I happy? Like, where is this coming from? But a lot of us, we go into our careers based on, hey, this is what I have to do to take care of my family. Me and myself, I went into strategy consulting right after college because my goal was I have to make a certain amount of money to financially take care of my mom, to give back to my community. And that was my only purpose or my North Star when it came to thinking about my career. It was never about, hey, what's most aligned to me? Yeah. And I think that it's so, what you just mentioned is so important and so valuable. It was a gem. You had other things that you had to worry about. So alignment wasn't even a thought for you. Nope. And I think that's so intriguing because one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is being in survival mode or being in the mode of having to support others or help others almost triggers this instinctual survival mode in us. And when we are in that survival mode, we don't have the capacity to dream. We don't have the capacity to, even if we have that internal feeling of something's up, we can't really dig into it or look into it because so many survival fears then start getting triggered and we just have to keep the path. Yeah, honestly, it's a luxury. It's a luxury and it's something that shouldn't be a luxury. It should be something that we are taught that we always think about and we shouldn't feel forced to go into a career path. And I'm not trying to say that our parents force us, but subconsciously, sometimes we feel that pressure. We feel forced to go into a certain path. 
Absolutely. I agree with that. I, I don't think it's I don't think parents oftentimes are pushing or or it's consciously pushing, but they're also in survival mode, right? Like we have certain privileges that allow us a certain life. They didn't have that. That's why they work so hard for us to have these privileges. So them being in survival mode, they have their own triggers, which sometimes unfortunately get placed onto us. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's an interesting cycle to talk about. We could talk about this all day, but we are here to talk about confidence. <laughs> <laughs> we diverted. But before we jump into confidence, I did want to ask, is there any particular story or reason why? And you talked a little bit about it in just these few moments, but any particular reason why you started your business? Did it have to do with alignment? So actually, yeah, part of it did. And part of it it's always been my calling to empower people. And that has manifested in so many different ways throughout my life, through a nonprofit I had started, mentoring. I did mentoring for so many years for first-gen who were in high school and college and early in their career. And the thing that I kept seeing over and over again was that at their core, a lot of them lacked this confidence. And it made me so freaking sad and so frustrated because I would look at them and I would wish that they could see themselves the way that I saw them. And I would see them as such smart, creative, amazing people full of potential. And I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to change that. Yeah, I love that. You know, it, it breaks my heart too to see women who don't see their own potential. You know, when you are working with someone where you're like, damn, you're a badass and they just don't feel it. But confidence truly is something that you have to cultivate yourself. So it's interesting. Now, I'd love to know because you started talking about some of the people that you've worked with. Have you had any big client wins, transformations that really are deeply connected to your heart that you would like to share with us before we dive into the topic of confidence? Yes. So I'll share one of my favorite clients and she is a business owner and she's an employee. So she does both. She's a badass. And something that she was struggling with was learning how to communicate with her team and stepping into her power as a business owner. And it was extremely hard for her not only to step into her power as a business owner, but also in her nine to five to set those boundaries. And when we dug deep, it was because she was feeling not just a lack of confidence, but also this imposter syndrome. And both of these were conflicting and going back and forth and they were building internally. And it was by us working together and peeling back all of those layers and understanding that at the core, she did have so much power. She did have that confidence within her already. It just had to be nurtured. And it had to be worked on on a regular basis. And once she started doing practical exercises and working on it every single day, I'm not going to say that it happened overnight, but over the course of a few months, she became so much more confident that her team started respecting her more. And that actually encouraged her to build another business as well. That's amazing. I love that win. And I love how you're talking about her being both a nine to fiver and a businesswoman. So there's probably a lot to juggle there. And when we're juggling multiple things, it can be so hard to keep all the balls up in the air and to feel confident and to feel like you have it all together. So I love that story. And I also love that other people started to empower her as well, because I always find that confidence is something that we can grow and nourish but it also is something that 
can help. We can help grow it also by getting those affirmations and those flowers from others too. Amen. So I would love to know, what's your definition of confidence? How would you define confidence? So I think that confidence is your ability to live a life that's truly aligned to yourself, go after what you actually want, knowing that whatever obstacles get in your way, they're not going to shake you because you trust yourself and you know the power that you have within you. So you used a big word here. We have already tapped on alignment, but you use the word trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trust of self and others is really freaking hard. Oh, yeah. So tell me, how does trust and confidence go together? So here's the thing. When if people don't trust themselves, when they're constantly doubting themselves, they're always looking for guidance externally. And the more you're looking for guidance externally, the more you're depending on other people to tell you what to do, as opposed to listening to yourself and trusting yourself, the more insecure you're going to feel. So at its core, in order to be confident, you have to trust yourself first. Okay. I never thought about confidence and trust as being that interconnected. And you just blew my mind because I have to say that makes total sense. So trusting yourself means just almost having your own back and not looking for the external validation, not questioning your decisions. But let's kind of talk a little bit about, okay, so that's confidence, but how do you get there? Like what are some of the strategies or things that you use to help your clients trust themselves, which can be so challenging, build confidence and really feel more aligned? Yeah. So trust is a It's a difficult thing to build. It's difficult to trust yourself in a world where other people are constantly telling you what to do. The media is telling you what to do. Your boss is telling you what to do. So it's hard to listen to that voice, your inner voice, because there's so many things that are constantly dimming it. So you have to reconnect with yourself and you have to reconnect with yourself to understand who is Jasmine, right? journaling is such a great way. It's such a practical way that it sometimes gets overlooked, but journaling about your life, about who you are, about what you want helps you understand, okay, without any distractions, without anyone else's opinion, this is what I want. And when you know what you want, it's easier to start listening to your gut, listening to your intuition and trusting yourself even more. I love that because actually just a few months ago was the first time I started journaling in that way in exactly the same way you're talking about of what is it that I actually want? What is it that I want? What is it that I want to manifest? What is it that I want to have come into my life? And doing that has helped me think more precisely, I guess this would be the right word, Mm -hmm. precisely about what I accept into my space. So if I if this doesn't seem like the thing that I want, do I really want to accept it? Should I pass on it? It's just helped me be more laser focused. 
And that's the thing. That's why it's hard for people to trust themselves because they don't know what they want. They don't take that time to reflect on who they are, on who's this new version of them too, because maybe they're still in touch with the version of them from five, 10 years ago, or even a year ago. We're constantly changing as people. So we constantly have to reconnect with ourselves, which ultimately builds our self-trust, which ultimately builds our confidence. I love that. So it's almost kind of thinking about who you are at this phase in your life, what's important to you. And then from that phase, what do I want? And then where would you take that from there? So let's say I've started to reflect on my identity, what's important to me. I've started to think about what I want. What would be something you would tell someone to do after that, after they've done these really beautiful reflective exercises to then start building your confidence? I would start thinking about the power that you have and all of the skills that you have within you to make that a reality, because that's going to build your confidence. Once you realize, hey, this is who I am, this is what I want, what I want to manifest, and you start looking back at all of your accomplishments every time that you succeeded, your small wins, your big wins, and you start looking at your failures and all of those times that you got up after you failed and how resilient you are, that's going to slowly build your confidence. I love it. So knowing who you are, knowing what you want, and then connecting to the accomplishments, the wins, boosting that sense of power that you have. I love this. So it's like identify it and then boost your energy around it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that boosting your energy, boosting your confidence is only looking at your wins, but looking at our failures, it's part of who we are. It's part of what has gotten us to where we are today. And failures are such a beautiful thing too. They have this negative connotation, but I think that they teach us so much because if you are where you are today, it means that every time you failed, you've gotten back up. That's power. Oh my gosh, that is so much power. Yeah, there's so much power in, and I think it also goes back to trusting ourselves, right? Trusting ourselves to fail, like trusting yourself to go for something and then trusting yourself if you fail that it's okay, you'll get back up and you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. So confidence then and trust are very linked. I love the sort of strategies that you've gained to journal, to reflect, to think, and also to connect to your wins and your failures. So that all makes sense. But why is it so hard for women of color, for first gen, for why is it so hard for us to actually bring this confident version of ourselves into, now we're going to talk about it, the professional workplace? So a few things. First thing is that we're not taught growing up For example, if you're in finance now, you're not taught financial models like your peers who already knew that by age 18. So then you're entering this workspace and you're surrounded by people who grew up with this knowledge of what they need at work and the playing field isn't the same. And obviously something like that is going to affect our confidence. So that's the first thing. The second thing is because our parents, for better or for worse, have taught us two things especially for first gen, to work harder than everyone else and to be the best at everything. And those two things, even though they had great intentions, also at the same time, it's hurting our confidence. 
Yeah. So what you're talking about right now is almost kind of the lack of, it sounds like the lack of education we receive, really, and also our mindset, our belief systems, the things that are instilled on us are the things that are potentially holding us back. Exactly. Because think about it. So if we're told you have to work harder than everyone else, right? And we're told that with good reason, because our parents, based on their circumstances, had to work extremely hard, harder than everyone to survive because they were in survival mode. But when we learn that and we apply that to the business world and we're told, okay, you have to work harder than everyone else, what happens? We tend to overwork ourselves we burn out, we have a lack of sleep, and then we don't take time to take care of ourselves. And it's this vicious cycle that doesn't allow us to bring our most confident self to work. And it makes us feel like we always have to prove ourselves. And then at the same time, when we're told you have to be the best at everything to get ahead and not have the same life that our parents did, then that, what does that do? It makes us unfortunately, second guess ourselves when we aren't the best, when we're not perfect. And when there's people with a lot more experience who are smarter than us, instead of seeing that as an opportunity to learn, sometimes it makes us feel smaller. Absolutely. I agree with that 110%. And you know, I have to say that some of what you're talking about sounds like some flavors of imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. There's definitely imposter syndrome there. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about imposter syndrome. What is imposter syndrome and how are imposter syndrome and confidence even somehow interlinked? So imposter syndrome is when you are successful and you see your success, but you feel like it's not connected to yourself. You feel like it's somehow because of other circumstances, but it's not due to your skills and your ability. And it's affecting a woman of color. It's affecting first gen because they start to think, I'm not worthy of this success or I'm a fake. And people are going to discover that I'm not actually supposed to be here. I'm not qualified to be here. And they start to doubt themselves so much. And that starts to affect their confidence overall. And when it starts to affect their confidence, that means that sometimes they pass up opportunities because they don't step into their power. Yeah, I I totally get that. And I feel like there were so many different points in my career where I had imposter syndrome. I remember when I got into Yale, um, I ran around and told everybody that I was that I was a diversity like acceptance. I could not in any way, shape, or form believe that I had earned that spot. And isn't that so heartbreaking? I had the same, I had a not the same, but a similar situation where I was skip promoted in my career to manager and the same thing. I thought, oh, well, it's because they wanted a Latina at this level. Yeah, it's really sad when you think about the fact that you didn't give yourself the praise and the celebration and the kudos um, that you deserved in that moment because you absolutely deserved that. But I think we also hear a lot of people talk about diversity hires and diversity applicants and people getting hired for jobs or skipping things just because of their skin color or their race or ethnicity, not because of their accomplishments. So it it can be really hard to hear those messages and then to give yourself the accolades you deserve. 
Yeah, and also because there's not enough of us, and there's still not enough of us. And even with companies making a push for this, the truth is is that there's still not enough, and we need to see other people that look like us. Absolutely, and it it uh, reminds me so much of there was an Oprah quote where she said, "If you can't see it, you can't be it." And for so long, I used to hate that quote because I was like, no way, like you can absolutely make it happen. But can you really? Because we all need that level of support. We all need that person who's up there that we can look up to and say, damn, it's possible for me. And when it's not there, it becomes so incredibly challenging. And it makes me think a lot about companies that don't put diversity as a number one priority in their leadership team, but somehow expect you to believe that you have the possibility to move up the ladder. Oh my God. I I absolutely hate that. I absolutely hate companies who do that. You look at their board, you look at their C-suite and it's just Caucasian men. And you're like, well, then why would, why would I want to stay here? And how am I supposed to level up if this is who's leading this company? Absolutely. It feels like there's so many barriers along the way and just not seeing someone who looks like you or even has a similar background to you can be really challenging. Yeah. You just don't feel like they're ever going to relate to you. You don't feel supported at all. And it's hard to see the path to move forward. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's It almost sounds like what you're saying is environment also has a factor and also plays into confidence. Definitely. it's. I, I see this all the time, and that's why I think people need to be very mindful of who they surround themselves with. Because if you're around people that are constantly dimming your light or making jokes about you or making you feel bad, and not just people, Jasmine, but the accounts that we're following on social media. If you have accounts that every time you look at someone's account, it makes you feel bad about yourself, you need to start distancing yourself from those accounts or those people. Absolutely. Social media is one of those things that um, I use it to get a lot of insight onto mindfulness work. Like there's so many people out there who have new ways of looking at mindfulness stuff, but I have clients who actually uh, had to delete their accounts, even a link, even their LinkedIn accounts. People have deleted their LinkedIn accounts because it makes them feel bad about themselves. So I remember having a client who said that she didn't want to go on LinkedIn because she was in a job search. She was having some challenges with her job search, and it made her feel really bad to always be seeing people celebrating new jobs. And so, you know, even things that are good things can sometimes impact your confidence and make you feel a certain way about yourself if you haven't done these self-reflection tactics like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. Thank you so much for sharing all of these gems. I am a quitter and I want you to be one too. Join the Professional Quitters, my exclusive group coaching program and community for women of color job seekers who are ready to hand in their resignation letters Quit the careers, jobs, and companies that are not aligned with their goals and values and start making up to 50% more in their new paycheck. I want to teach you the foundations of quitting, and it starts with that new job. 
Get more info on the Professional Quitters group coaching program by clicking the link in the show notes. It's going to feel damn good when you finally quit. So let's get you there. I have a few more questions for you, of course. So we talked about how you can build confidence in general, trusting yourself, doing those self-reflection prompts that you mentioned for the journaling. What about when it comes to the workplace? Would you suggest the same strategy? Are there different things that you can do to boost your, I would say, career confidence? Okay, so I have a few. And these are a little bit more practical. So the first one, in an ideal world, you would find other women of color in your field and you would start building a relationship with them and start asking them if they could be a mentor in your space who could support your journey, right? So that's the first one. And obviously that is one of the harder one, but I do want to say that because if you know of someone and they don't have to be working in your exact company, they could be working in another company, but a similar field. And you're like, Oh, I wish this person was my mentor. I'm going to challenge you right now. If you are listening to this, this is your challenge over the next seven days is to reach out to that woman, reach out to a woman on LinkedIn, tell her your story, connect with her for 10 minutes to set up a virtual chat and start building that relationship. I promise you there are more people willing to support you than you think. So that's the first one. The second one, as I tell every single one of my clients, is to start keeping track of your accomplishments. Start keeping track of your small and big wins at work. Because it's so easy to forget how much we've done at work, especially if it's a fast-paced environment. So keeping track of oh, I did this project or this client complimented me and said this. I got recognition for this presentation. I got asked to speak in front of these people. Any accomplishment that you have, start writing them down and keep them in a place where you could see them on a regular basis to remind yourself, hey, actually, I'm winning a lot more than I'm giving myself credit for. I should be more confident. So that's the second thing. The third thing is to get yourself a cheerleader. And I mean that finding someone, finding a buddy at work, because sometimes we need that external validation, especially when we're building up our confidence. So having that friend, that cheerleader who's going to boost you up, lift you up whenever you're not feeling great is always something good to have in your back pocket. Now, the fourth thing is getting feedback more often. And I know people are going to be like, oh, cat, what do you mean feedback? I hate feedback. It makes me so uncomfortable. But the thing with feedback is that sometimes it makes us realize that we're actually in our head a lot. And when we get that feedback, we could realize that we're doing great work. So getting feedback on a consistent basis is going to help us understand whether we need to actually improve, or if we've been doing a great job overall. And then my fifth one is writing yourself a letter from the perspective of when you were a little girl and that version of yourself. That version of yourself is going to tell the version of yourself of today that you are so resilient, 
and that she's so proud of you for always trying your best and for achieving everything that you have done so far because you've done more than what she ever dreamed of. So when you write that letter to yourself, you're going to be reminded of why you should be so confident. So those were my five little practical tips. Oh my gosh, so many gems dropped. I I really have to just say thank you because those are so practical, so action-based. And everyone listening right now, please take action on all five of these. These are gems. So the ne- the making the connections was definitely the biggest confidence booster for me. Um, because when I was going through a toxic workplace and my confidence was seriously shot, making connections was actually a form of validation. I, I felt validated. Other people were talking to me about their experiences, and I didn't have that thought running in my head of, oh, it's just me, or it's my problem, or it's something wrong with me. So I love how you're talking about connections, and especially with people who look like you, who have the same experience as you, and who move through the world like you. I think that's so pivotal. Yeah, and something that I want to say to the listeners today is that you're never alone in feeling this way. There's every single person on this planet has felt imposter syndrome or a lack of confidence at some point in your life. So never feel like you are alone and there's always someone out there for you to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah, we should never feel like we are alone. And I I think when we experience toxic workplaces, when we experience imposter syndrome, when we experience self-doubt, because we are always told to be so strong and so resilient by our families, by our communities, We don't want to admit that we need help. We don't want to admit that we're having a tough time. We sort of cave into ourselves instead of opening up to others. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because we're we're told to be strong and it's hard to always find that safe space. And that's why I say that connection is so important. Like you said, that has helped you. And that's what helped me too, is finding your people, finding your circle that's going to make you feel safe enough to be vulnerable with what you're struggling with and even providing you with that external validation if you need it. You know, even though I'm a confidence coach, I never say that getting external validation is a bad thing because while you're working on that journey, whatever you need, maybe journaling is not for you. Maybe, you know, listing out your accomplishments, it's not for you. So you have to find what works for you. And if external validation is something that is helping you boost your confidence, do it. Absolutely. I think external validation can be so incredibly helpful. And when you talk about, you know, feedback, asking for feedback, part of feedback is also getting external validation. So it's also yeah. someone giving you giving you um, feedback, not just on what you can work on, but also on what you can, what you're doing that's great already. So that external validation is really important to confidence boosting. And I don't want us to take that away from anyone. Sometimes you just need somebody to tell you that you're amazing to feel that little bit of more amazing. And I will say that for anyone who's listening to this, say you are amazing already listening to this podcast and investing your time, your energy, and your presence into this and working on yourself means that you are so amazing. 
Absolutely. Everyone is amazing. Yes, 100%. Oh, thank you for that. That's so dope that you validated everyone. I love that. And I'm accepting <laughs> it too. <laughs> You you dropped so many gems on this episode. Thank you so much. Before we go, I do have one more question to ask you. You mentioned the younger version of you, the younger you who's going to write you that amazing letter and tell you that you are just awesome and that you've given her the life that she deserves. I would love to know, I ask this question of every single guest, If you could go back to the younger career version of you, what advice would you give to that person? So I would tell that younger version of me in my career that it doesn't matter my background, my color, my income status growing up. I am so powerful and not a manager, not my peers, the coworkers, not a corporation could ever take that away from me. Even if I don't see people that look like me, at my core, I am powerful. And I wish that someone had told me that because I didn't give myself enough credit for that. I didn't give myself enough credit for getting so far and creating that life for me. And I gave that power to other people. So I wish someone had told me to step into my power. Yeah, that's so beautiful that no matter who you are, where you came from, you have power and you are powerful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I I would have loved that piece of advice when I was stepping into the work world as well. So thank you so much, Kat, for joining us today. You dropped so many gems and I especially love the fact that you gave so many different ways that people can move forward, both from a mindset perspective and from a strategic perspective. So thank you for all of the gems. You were simply amazing. Thank you for having me. Of course. How can people find you, follow you? What's up with your business right now? So people can follow me at underscore empower with Kat. And for your listeners, especially I'm going to give them a 40% discount for any of my coaching sessions. All they have to do is DM me her next career move. Oh my gosh, that's so (laughs) cat. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love it. Everybody, you have to follow Kat. I mean, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, her authenticity and showing up. And you're like a serial entrepreneur, by the way. You you have multiple businesses, some of which you talked about earlier in the um, earlier in the podcast episode. But when I follow you, I'm like, oh my gosh, how does this woman do it? all. And I I don't know. It it blows my mind when I especially encounter moms who are doing all of this because I'm like, I have a dog and somehow I cannot figure out life. So. Oh my God. Trust me. My dog requires more attention than my baby. So I get you. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you for validating me. (laughs) But Kat, I am so happy to have had you on. Listeners, please follow Kat. Please DM her with her next career move and get some work going with her because she is powerful. She is wonderful. And we love everything that you're doing, Kat. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Awesome. Thank you so much, listeners. Make sure that you check the show notes because all of Kat's info will be there. Make sure you follow her, DM her, and until next time. That's all for today's show. 
Now that you know what you know, it's your move. So girl, get out there and make it. And if you have suggestions for topics you'd like me to talk about in the next episode, perhaps something that might help you get unstuck, then let me know by sending a DM on our Instagram page at her next career move. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe to the show to support our movement to flood the work world with dope women of color ready to take it over.